on this week's episode it's one division one division one division did this series answer all of our questions and does it get us excited for the future of the marvel cinematic universe all this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos welcome to the pop culture cosmos and we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford talking right back at you here from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, it is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Cosmos without my good friend. It's our own Josh Vision of Pop Culture Cosmos. You got to check out what he's doing today at popculturecosmos.com, his awesome podcast, the Super BS Gamescast, and Topic Topicocalypse, plus his awesome book, which you got to get right now. Congratulations, you suck, which is available on Amazon and Barnes Noble. It is my good friend. It is Josh Peterson. What's up, man? What is up? So yesterday went to uh the grocery store, right? Had to trade out a couple of them sweet, sweet propane tanks and came across a little red box machine, you know, those things that spit movies out at you if you put your credit card in and noticed that a uh, certain title called monster hunter it was on the old red box machine so what i did is i put my card in there and boom it spit the movie out at me came home later that night turned it on and wow 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 i'm about like 30 minutes into this movie and i stopped it last night just because i would have rather slept than watch it but now i'm committed so i have to finish it but it is just hot garbage the dialogue is so bad it is awful did you ever see wind talkers with nicholas cage mm-hmm. that is like the epitome of like a corny army dialogue movie right like what are you gonna do when you get home like stuff like that you know but i start watching it it's such cheese ball dialogue that like nobody in the armed forces would ever say in their life and the movie's just bad so bad now you know why the studio pushed it up. It was one of the few movies to get pushed up as far as its release date is concerned because they just wanted to get rid of it and just get it out of its misery. It came out to bad reviews. It obviously had the controversy in China and it's now on video and a lot of people were criticizing that it didn't come straight to on demand either. So you know what? They just made a wrong move with every step of that movie. I think it's just time to put it out of its misery. Well, this is a Lynn Wiseman made this movie right well this is the usual oh, Mila sorry, this anderson. is yeah paul anderson and Mila Jovovich. i mean they're a married couple yeah. so they do a lot of movies together of course the resident evil movies and all that but yeah it's just a disappointing outing and i think it's something that they're probably just going to go ahead and say you know what let's let's just sweep that under the rug but it is abundantly clear i'm, I'm sorry i don't mean to take a lot of time with this but it's abundantly clear that neither of them had ever played a monster hunter game in their life like all of the great elements and it's just so sad that this came out this was the follow-up gaming experience to sonic the hedgehog which was actually like really good 
and you wonder why video game movies get such a bad rep there you because go because they're made by people who don't have any history with the video games you know it's like he he closed his eyes and did eeny meeny miny mo in like target or something and happened to land on a monster hunter game he goes that's the one i'm making a movie out of not knowing the one right next to it could have been madden 21 so yeah it's just disappointing disappointing anyways i'm sorry man i'm good it is sunday we're talking pop culture big things happen this week little vision from the uh wanda and we're gonna talk about that in a few minutes i'm sure but i'm good well, well we are gonna be talking about repent that's good to hear that you're awesome you're psyched up you're ready to go i'm sorry you've had a bad experience with monster hunter then again a lot of people would say they never actually played resident evil as well all through those True. movies so but it is going to be a great episode that we have because it is WandaVision, WandaVision, and WandaVision for the rest of the episode as Josh shares his thoughts on WandaVision Episode 9 and also the future for the Marvel Cinematic Universe if we're still excited for it. Plus, TJ Johnson, Noe and Fine, and my daughter, Ellen Glassford, and also Marcus De La Garza are all here to talk about WandaVision Episode 9 and the future what they think is going to happen, their thoughts on the series as a whole, the whole nine yards. This is going to be a spoilerific episode. Spoilers all over the place. It's going to hit you from right and left. So if you haven't seen episode nine, please go ahead, put us on pause, watch the episode, and then click play right afterwards because we want to go ahead and talk at length about WandaVision episode nine. My friend, I truly appreciate you stopping by because, again, it is WandaVision. So many people were excited. It broke Disney Plus again for the second episode during the series. That's a great sign for Disney Plus. A lot of people were truly wanting to see what happens in this conclusion of the series. So let's get into it without further ado, because I know we don't have much time on the show for us to talk about WandaVision. But getting into it, it was a cataclysmic event at the end of the series with Agatha Harkness going off and facing off against Wanda Maximoff, a.k.a. the Scarlet Witch. So you saw Agnes and, and the Scarlet Witch face off against each other in a battle of magic. Agatha obviously wanted to try to absorb all the powers and use, throwing out anything that she could and, and using any diversionary tactic that she could to get Wanda Maximoff's power. But in the end, Wanda proved to be superior and basically went ahead and finished Agatha off for at least for now, whether or not it's entirely going to happen that way. I don't think so because I think Catherine Hahn did a great job as Agatha Harkness. And I think Marvel will bring her back at some point in time or Wanda might bring her back at some point in time if she needs it, because that's exactly what she said at the end of the episode. But your thoughts overall on this cataclysmic end of the series could be the end of the series as a whole. There's still no confirmation that there will actually ever be a season two, but I want to hear your thoughts as a whole on WandaVision. So, I mean, it was a welcomed jaunt down memory lane with the sitcoms, and then it was a pretty good side story. We had all just called her the Scarlet Witch before, but then this is her actually, I guess, becoming the Scarlet Witch. So in essence, like this is more of an origin story for her than age of ultron was so it what it did was like it it yeah it gave her like a true a very true origin story and then it also like expanded on some things that we had been questioning in the end of Endgame, right so they have opened up about you know what happened to vision and who is sword they answered a lot of questions that we hadn't even asked right and so that is 
one of the things that like I'm, I'm hearing a lot of people who are disappointed with this but i mean they didn't make any promises about what this was going to be they just kind of gave you extra information the whole series was like lore on the scarlet witch that's what it was they didn't promise us anything but they delivered some things that i'm happy to have known in the process of that though they did create a lot of questions and they did kind of miss out on some plot points or kind of skipped over some plot points they didn't answer some questions i think they they created some questions in the series and ended up not answering which i think is frustrating a lot of viewers yes there's a lot of things going on and you know that we're probably gonna like get these answers when multiverse of madness rolls around that's the next thing scarlet witch is scheduled to be in do you want to dive into this episode and then we can kind of like revisit yeah, absolutely. Like I said, real quick, just to get everybody up to speed, it was the cataclysmic final event of the series with Agatha Harkness going up against Wanda Maximoff, aka the Scarlet Witch. They face off in a magical power fest. It looked like for a little while, of course, the, the tropes where Agatha Harkness looks like she's going to absorb all the power of Wanda Maximoff, but Wanda Maximoff outsmarts her in the end using a protection spell that she was taught by Agatha Harkness how to use. And in the end, Agatha Harkness gets all of her power sucked up and is now imprisoned in the 1950s character that she started off as as a nosy neighbor to be possibly, again, utilized later on down the road by Marvel whenever they so choose or actually in the storyline when Wanda chooses. I think some of the smaller questions didn't get answered, like, for instance, Agent Franklin. We never saw him again after his initial entry into the Hex. What happened to Jimmy Woo's witness that was in witness protection? That never got answered. I think the underwhelming things as far as the engineer and the actual product that the engineer was supposed to make and how it didn't even get through the front hex. I know a lot of people had issues with that. Darcy and the way her character finished off as far as, yes, she was there to get the sword leader in the end, the evil sword leader. She was responsible for capturing the evil sword leader and get him in prison. But she basically did a quick exit right after that. And they had some like loose dialogue at the end, just trying to cover for that. So that was kind of a miss as well. I mean, there were some little misses here and there that kind of detracted you from the whole story. But White Vision versus the Hex Vision going against each other as well, while the simultaneous Agatha versus Wanda Maximoff fight, that was something that was brief but interesting. But then again, all it took was Hex Vision just asking White Vision a question, a metaphorical question. And then all of a sudden you see White Vision, okay, give me all the memories back that I once had. And so Hex Vision gives him all his memories back. So now he realizes what's going on and White Vision is no longer a, a tool of sword and just flies away. And that's the end of him. But basically, like I said, it was supposed to be something expanding upon the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And in some ways it did, but in some ways it kind of disappoints because of the fact that it followed a lot of television series tropes. And in the end, people have to realize that even though Disney Plus tells you that it's a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie type event, that in the end, these are TV series and they are treated as such. Yes, yes. You know, you talked about the tropes. This might be a cop out, but like, I feel like that is what kind of defined this series, though, because they had the whole black and white TV, the sitcom thing. Like, they were basically living off of these tropes as the show went on. Like, in its entirety, it kind of was a trope in itself. A lot of interesting things went down here, right? We had Agatha Harkness, like, her 
motives are completely unclear. I think that was something that really bothered me, right? Like she wanted the power of the Scarlet Witch. I think that she was upset that she wasn't the Scarlet Witch, but what is she going to do with all this power? Right. There's no motives there. She just like wanted it for the sake of wanting well, it. Well, her being there in the first place, how did she find out about this hex so quickly and the whole nine yards? That never gets really answered. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, again, just a lot of little questions that were left unanswered kind of irritates me a little, a little bit. Right. Right. And, you know, for me, like, okay. So she actually did some interesting things. Like she name dropped the Sorcerer Supreme, right? She, yes. And she's hinting that these powers are connected to Mephisto, right? Like that's kind of where Scarlet With the Witch... the Darkhold book and all that. Yeah, the Scarlet Witch draws her energy. She draws her power from Mephisto. My theory here is that like the thing that kind of keeps her mind independent of Mephisto is the fact that she had the Mind Stone, right? That is my theory anyways. So she name drops a Sorcerer Supreme. So I think that all the witches in the Marvel Universe are connected to Mephisto in some capacity. I think that he is the creator of this dark magic as it exists in the mcu what kind of irritated me was that they didn't expand on that like they set this cool side story up to where you could have just they could have just swung the ball out of the park and they didn't really revisit it so they have this big fight and then she finds out she's the scarlet witch so we'd all just been calling her scarlet witch up to this point so again this was kind of like a, a true origin story for her so we see all this go down there's obvious ties to Doctor Strange, so that happens. Then she imprisons her back in the mind of like the 1950s neighbor, and then the hex goes away. So they never like expand on what happened there, because if the hex went away, wouldn't that mean that Agatha Harkness was freed? Yeah, you would think. I mean, but then you expect her to just hang around Westview for all of eternity until or unless... Wanda Maximoff, a.k.a. the Scarlet Witch, needs her, which is what she indicated to her at the end. She said, okay, you're imprisoned in this now, and if I need you, I'll call upon you. And that was pretty much it. So obviously she's going to come back, and whether that return is in Doctor Strange or something else further down the line, we'll find out. But what doesn't make sense to me is all the other people who were under the same spell that she put they were all seen running out of the hex they were all freed from their thing. So as soon as the hex like disappeared on itself, that happened. Yeah. To Vision, White Vision became True Vision. Yeah. So he passed off all of his memories back to him. And so that means that he is Vision. Like all of his memories and experiences, including what happened in the Hex, are now in White Vision. And he just zoomed away. He just flew away because I think he knows that this version of Vision is going to die. He doesn't need the other one around to ruin whatever moment was going to happen, right? And then we saw as the Hex caved in, really sad, by the way, to know that they, like, said goodnight to the kids, and then, you know, that the was hex. the end of them. The Hex yeah. caved in. So we have Vision, right? And he he gives his memories to this this new Vision. So Vision is going to be back, and it's going to be Paul Bettany. Like, Vision... Vision and the kids are going to be back because they've got to be the Young Avengers because they're lining up everything for the Young Avengers. Right, right. So the kids are going to be back somehow. I mean, it's going to multiverse. I mean, you heard it in the second, what was that second end credit scene where they're, help, mommy, help, help. You hear how she's reading the Darkhold book. Yeah, yeah. So that's definitely going to come back. Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. For the latest news and information, analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, 
Check out the Lakers Fast Break Podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. And you give me your overall thoughts on WandaVision. Can you give it a grade out of 10? Because that's okay. what I'm going to ask everybody on the show. I'm going to give it an 8. Okay. I'm going to okay. give it an 8 out of 10. It was something that I didn't want, didn't need, didn't really care to watch when I heard about it. So I went in with zero expectations, you know, and it it was a cool side story. It's a cool side quest in the MCU. So like, I don't regret having spent time with it. So I'm going to give it an eight, like a seven would be that like, I'm overly critical of it, but I didn't have any thoughts on it to begin with. So that's why I'm giving it an eight. There is more that could have been pulled from it. I still have quite a few questions, but then again, they never promised to answer anything when this show came out. So I can't really complain about it. Well, I can complain a little bit about it, but I am giving it a 7 out of 10. WandaVision was a roller coaster as far as episode quality is concerned from the first couple episodes. Then it got better as it went along and it went into a real high in episodes 3, 4, 5, and 6, and then tailed down. It had a couple lows with 7 and 8. Episode 7 was really a downer as far as an episode. And then episode 8 was a much better. Episode 9 we had kind of a eh episode, and I think that's what I'm going to rate the series overall was eh. Had a lot of highs, had a lot of lows, but once you balance it out, it was okay. You know, there was nothing great. It was just okay. But again, it was because of the fact that there were so many highs and so many lows. when It wasn't consistent quality as far as each and every time out. A lot of the big questions that you said going into it didn't need to be answered and didn't get answered. But a lot of the little questions that they created within their own space of WandaVision Again, we're not answered. That is irritating me, and that's why I can't grade it much higher. So I'm saying right now a 7 out of 10 for me. Yes, I totally get where you're coming from. And yes, they did, like, within their own continuity, their own little isolated story, they did set up a lot of things, and they didn't answer any of that stuff or really explain. So to me, one of the weirdest things regarding that would be Rambo, right? Like, she... Monica Rambo, aka I think Photon. Photon uh, there was Spectrum yeah, rumors that that might be. I think it's Photon after her mom. For those of you who don't know, she becomes the next Captain Marvel. She gains these powers, and she just well, she's, like, like, she's a Captain Marvel in the comic books. Let's get that straight. She's not in the movies. Movies, it's still no, going to be in the comic books. She be yeah, she's yes. the next Captain Marvel. But they're obviously with that end credit scene, they're setting something up for her, right? They show yeah. the, the scrolls are there. And she's already been a confirmed part of Captain Marvel, too. Yeah. She's going to be going up to talk to Nick, I think, on the space station, the S.W.O.R.D. space station. I think that's her next goal. And you'll see that upcoming, that conversation, I'm sure, at some point in time down the road. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they what really was weird about her, they developed her into this, like, superhero. But they didn't, like, she didn't seem to question any of these powers that she had. Like, it wasn't weird. It's just like waking up on a Saturday and saying, huh, I grew three inches. Like, nothing seemed to change she just kind of like went about her business without really having that like oh cool i got powers moment you know that was kind of weird to me kevin feige trolling all of us with the evan peters thing that was frustrating like that yes. was just completely unnecessary hats off to mr feige though good job on that well i thought it was very adolescent I thought Marvel was kind of above that, but apparently they're not. As far as reducing Evan Peters' contribution to an adolescent joke was kind of overwhelming. But all right, let's finish this off with a final question I have for you. Are you still excited for what's to come in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see. I know Falcon and Winter Soldier starts up here in a couple weeks, and then a couple weeks after that show ends, Loki starts up, and then Black Widow comes out, maybe. We'll see. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I'm not like stoked on it, but I am curious. With Avengers Infinity War and Endgame, I was like, yes, 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 yes. But now I'm just kind of like, okay, well, we'll watch it when it happens. Well, I'm so excited for myself as far as for Falcon and the Winter Soldier because I think this takes me back to a part of the universe that I like to see, and that's the Captain America side of things because I've always had great things to say about that ever since the Winter Soldier, ever since the first Captain America. Mm -hmm. I've always preferred that side of the universe, and I think because our future is coming to Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I'm really excited to see that part of the MCU. Yeah, yeah. I'm really excited about that one, too. I'm more excited about what's coming up here with Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. Like, those are two things I'm really looking forward to. I think Shang-Chi's coming out somewhere yes. in that yes. neighborhood. And maybe the Eternals someday. Maybe the Eternals someday. Okay, so I'm reading a lot of interesting things. Heroes for Hire, right? We've, we've talked about that. Luke Coulter from the Netflix series is allegedly playing Luke Cage again. And then Danny Rand's being recasted. But those are supposed to tie into Shang-Chi and then they're supposed to like somehow connect like the Defenders timeline to that. I don't know. But there's a lot brewing at Marvel, especially with, you know, you look at like Miss Marvel, Ironheart. There's a lot of like shows coming out that are supposed to be like bridging continuity. But this is a neat little thing. But I'm just curious here. How much is too much? Yeah. The biggest like what question here is the bad guy. They never clearly explained his motives for being what he was. And I think if they would have had a solid like backstory leading into this, like it could have changed the whole dynamic of the show. But anyways, that's my closing thought. Hayward, Hayward, Hayward. Hayward. So, yeah, Agent Hayward's role, you know, as the lead of S.W.O.R.D. was just basically your average, typical, everyday movie or television series type bad guy as far as a head of an organization is concerned. And his character seemingly got less and less noteworthy as the series went on, which was a disappointment because, like you said, you could have broadened his character a lot more and ended up not doing so. So that's a big disappointment there. And again, there there's some little things that we can keep on talking about, both good and bad. But we want to hear your thoughts when it comes to WandaVision. Give us a grade, 1 to 10. Let us know your thoughts on WandaVision. We want to hear your thoughts and the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Are you still just as excited for what's to come in the MCU? Please share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, get ready. We're going to have a lot more opinions on WandaVision Episode 9 and the series as a whole and what's to come in the MCU because we got Marcus De La Garza, TJ Johnson, Noe and Fine, and Ellen Glassford coming along the way, all to tell you their thoughts on WandaVision. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. We're back with the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here. And guess what we're talking about continuously on this episode? It is WandaVision. It is episode nine. And here again now, as I said, as far as our WandaVision episode nine extravaganza, is the man indeed who you know on Friday as the host of the PC Multiverse. And maybe I'm in there as well. Each and every Friday on the Pop Culture Cosmos and all of its outlets. It is the man on Twitter and Instagram known as Castle PCC with a K. It is Marcus De La Garza. But Marcus, great to have you on Talking WandaVision. Yeah, man, it's great to be back. We just watched the episode yesterday afternoon, and it's going to be a wild ride. 
I just want a little two cents on this one and let you guys know how I felt about it. I guess, you know, if we want to jump right into it, I'll tell you, I think this was a 10 out of 10 episode, man. I don't know how you felt about it, but it crushed for me. Oh, you're not so hot on it? I thought the episode, the way it closed out, was pretty much the way I think the series for me as a whole. A lot of highs in the episode, a lot of lows in the episode, and a lot of stuff that went right in the middle. And when it all averages out, I think for me, it's right in the middle. So this whole series for me was like a eh, a 7 out of 10. Not okay. too bad. It's worth my time. Definitely glad I watched it. And something that I hope will lead into more good things into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I would give it an eight and a half or a nine, you know, uh, out of 10 as a whole. You know, this episode to me was really what I needed to tie everything together. It gave me the footprint that I wanted for the future. It wrapped up a lot of questions for us. It was a great way to tie up all the loose ends. And really, it ties up the emotional loose ends that Wanda's dealing with in this entire series, right? To a certain extent, we're getting things put in place so that maybe uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier might see a little vision, a white vision. Quest. Are you sure it tied up all the loose ends? Because I thought there's still a lot of loose ends out there. It, it tied up loose ends in the way that Marvel does, right? Like you still have a whole Pandora's box worth of things that need to be discussed. But let me just tell you, Agent Franklin's still sitting and catering, waiting for his callback. I'm just going to let you know. Gerald, I just want to say that I think we did the best we could to wrap this up. As far as an emotional storyline, right, for Wanda, there's a lot of stuff that this set the stage for moving forward. And that's okay. what's the most important thing here for WandaVision. You know, we've got the potential for Vision to show up anywhere we really want him to at this point, right? Yeah. You know, he could show up in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. He could show up in anything, dude. The writing of the final episode really set the stage, right? The goodbye that they shared, the, this well, isn't the first time. You're saying that they got the big picture even though maybe some of the little picture stuff they didn't get, but the big picture stuff yeah. they hit and they yeah, hit they for did. you. And that's, what's most important. Yeah, they did. And you know, that, that whole goodbye, this isn't the first time we've said goodbye. This won't be the last time we say hello. That, I mean, that sets the stage, you know, they're coming back. They're going to do something. They're going to get back together and, and have another shared storyline somewhere. Whatever happens, I feel like we put this in a really good spot. Monica Rambo, though, I'm excited to see what happens with her because we've got a little bit of calling to the stars via some Nick Fury action, I think. Yep, she wants to talk to Nick. I was kind of a little bit disappointed in that. The reason why is because she just could have gotten a call or something on her cell phone that says, hey, I need to talk to you or we're going to send a spaceship for you or something like that. It could have been done in a different fashion. I wish that cutscene would have been saved for something that sets up Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I was disappointed at that. The second one, as far as the cutscene is concerned, I thought that was okay. Uh, I think now that uh, you know it's been talked about a little bit more, maybe it leads a little bit more into Doctor Strange too than what I originally thought when I watched it. So I thought that was okay. I just I thought with Monica Rambeau, her photon character, I was hoping she would be a more important focal point of the episode nine. She kind of wasn't, but I think that she has got a great future because I'm excited to see where her future goes. I was just thinking that maybe everything that could have explained to her in that cutscene could have been explained to her within the confines of that episode, and they could have set up Falcon and Winter Soldier just a little bit more. But then again, you reminded me of this, that Falcon and Winter Soldier was supposed to be the lead series, and WandaVision was supposed to be number two. So maybe that's why we couldn't see a cutscene, of course, but I'm excited for the future of Monica Rambeau. Me too. We've got two divergent storylines coming out of this this series. You know, you've got what's, whatever's going to happen to Wanda plus Vision, and then you've got whatever's happening with Monica Rambeau. I have a feeling we're going to come back and talk about WandaVision maybe five years from now, seven years from now, and talk about how this set the stage for the next chapter of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, you said it answered a lot of the big questions. Were there any questions that left unanswered for you that you wanted 
answered. Maybe hopefully a season two, if it ever comes to fruition, could answer for you. There's some some of the minor characters that I was interested in. Darcy, number one. There's some of the minor characters that I didn't have a ton of resolution on that I would love to hear how you know their lives continued on. I want to know what happens to Agnes while she's trapped in her little new lifestyle. So does Wanda ever come back and have to use her as a point of reference? Uh, oh, like- I'm sure. Catherine Hahn killed it as Agatha Harkness. She enjoyed it and basically reveled in that role. I mean, she, it looks like she was truly having a blast in that role. And I think Marvel, it's going to be one of those things where it's the Loki effect, where we only thought of her in this context, but she did such a great job. We're going to have to expand her role going forward. And the thing is, she's not trapped or bound by the, the confines of Westview because Westview is no longer in a hex. Right. So yeah. she could literally go anywhere, although she will be stuck as the 1950s neighbor unless Wanda Maximoff says otherwise. Some of these minor characters are who I really want to see develop more in season two or m- maybe even have their own little storylines in other movies and TV shows. From a health perspective, Marvel's in a great spot. They've done a lot to develop themselves You know, after taking all of 2020 off. You know, I think we're in a really good spot. We know that Wanda Visions has set the stage for the future, and I'm, I'm cool with it, man. I'm, I'm ready to go for all the long-haul stuff on Marvel. But one last question I ask you before we head on out, my friend, and that is this. Are you as excited, less excited, or more excited about the MCU going forward after the events of WandaVision? I am more excited. It just feels like we set the stage for the future, and I think we're at a good spot for the MCU we're, have the ability to tell some great stories over the next year. So if you were to give it that hard eight or hard nine, what would you give it? Can't give me an eight or nine. Got to give me an eight I, or I can't give nine. you an eight and a half. I can't give no, you an eight No, no, it's got to be a solid number. I would give it a nine. This is a show that you could bring a new Marvel fan in that's never seen some of the back stuff and just plop them right in, and I think they'd be okay moving forward. There you go. All right. It's my good friend, Marcus De La Garza. You hear him along with me, as we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture every Friday right here on the PCC Multiverse on radio stations worldwide and wherever you get your podcasts. Well, Marcus, my friend, I appreciate you coming out of the beach, yeah, coming out of the water, coming off the bike, and being able to go ahead and explain to us everything that you feel and you thought about WandaVision Episode 9 and going forward with the Marvel Cinematic Universe as you and I will go into more depth and more detail in coming episodes as far as Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki, the What If series, and so much more. I'm looking forward to experiencing the MCU and hearing your continual thoughts right here on the Pop Culture Cosmos. Video game box art, the stories behind the covers, in which we talk to the illustrators and artists who are responsible for gaming's most iconic images. Don't forget to check out Video Game Box Art, the stories behind the covers, celebrating gaming's most iconic images from the people who created them. This and many more from Rob McCallum Films. All right, and we're back with the program. It's Gerald Glasser coming right back at you here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. And of course, with the end of WandaVision, we have to go ahead and get the thoughts and opinions of everyone who was part of our coverage and sharing their thoughts throughout the series. So first up is a good man. Indeed. You got to go ahead and check out his episodes that he was on, on Wednesday on our special PCC extra, where he was talking about WandaVision episode eight and compare his thoughts of what he thought would go on in episode nine. 
And then also on Friday's show where he talked about Justice League Dark Apocalypse War, it is TJ Johnson. And TJ, glad to have you back. Your thoughts on WandaVision Episode 9? Ah, well, WandaVision Episode 9 was a very, very mixed bag of emotions or thoughts. Thoughts is a better word for me. I enjoyed the episode. I thought that while obviously not answering every question that we all had, and you know, you and I had talked about that pretty extensively, we we had a good idea that it wasn't going to answer everything. I don't think either of us realized how much it wasn't going to answer, um, how much it truly was going to leave us hanging with. But I think some of the answers that we got were answers. Uh, let's talk about first things first. Is it just me, or was anybody else really upset about the fake Pietro really being just Rick Bowen? Just a dude. Like, just, yeah. just a guy. Yeah. And I, I get the idea of playing with us and playing with our expectations and subverting said expectations. I think when you have this idea that there's this huge continuity and there's this huge universe getting ready to open up with the multiverse of madness and having the ability to, to jump from one continuity as far as the X-Men Marvel Fox continuity to the MCU, you have this excitement, you have this this uh, this charge about wanting to see that and seeing that come to fruition. And I think Marvel's either genius or just jerks about the fact they completely took those expectations and that excitement and that buildup and the thought process that we as consumers have when we think of that kind of stuff and saying, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Nope. Nope. Just kidding. Just kidding. Gotcha. It, like it, it was a letdown. I think that's one of the biggest parts uh, yeah. of the MCU fans. But there were several things that they threw out there that they got oh, people yeah. excited for that they let us down on with this series. Yeah. And I think that's something that they need to go ahead and check themselves on because I know Marvel stuff doesn't stink for a lot of people out there, but Marvel stuff did stink on occasion here. But overall, there were some positive aspects, I would assume, from WandaVision that you took from it, correct? But as far as if you, if you want to jump into the positives, I enjoyed the battle. I thought her kind of really coming into her own, kind of letting go and outsmarting Agatha at her own game, because she made it very yeah. clear that, you know, once you create the, you know, once you put the runes, only the witch that creates the runes in the space can use their magic in Little did she realize that she wasn't missing. She was aiming for the different sides of the, the hex. So it was a pretty cool uh, thing to see play out. And it was really cool to see her kind of really take on power and really, while not understanding it, almost let herself go to what could potentially be this devastating force. And this bitter, this bittersweetness that we have with Vision, I, I think that I, I enjoyed the, the way it ended from the standpoint of Yes, we're going to see more Vision. Obviously, it, it's become very clear that Vision's not going anywhere, especially with Wanda being such a huge part of the Marvel Universe moving forward. You have to have Vision kind of to go along with that. And it was really cool to see the emotional aspect of her connection with Vision and how he's like, you know, I was just a memory. You know, who knows what I'll be next? And it was, it was very, very touching to see Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen work together in that capacity because we really haven't gotten a chance to see them very intimate, if you will, outside of the briefness that was uh, Avengers Infinity War. That was really the only intimacy that we got, get to see with them. So to be able to see Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany in these roles uh, experience that level of, of human 
interaction that we haven't gotten to see yet, but we're supposed to believe that they're this wonderful couple that was actually pretty cool and it was much, very, very much deserved. It took a while for us to get there, but I'm glad that we got there. I do wish that there was a little bit more definitive what happens next in regards to Vision in regards to Wanda and Vision, so to speak. I don't think any of us expected a happy ending, uh, especially for my Game of Thrones fans out there. They know that if you've been paying attention, it's not going to end well. And yeah. while we didn't expect it to end well, they didn't stick to their guns. And here's what I mean by that. I was expecting to see the death of Vision, right? But it really wasn't, though. It wasn't the death of Vision. It was really just this idea that, you know, okay, well, you know, I'll bring you back whenever I really want to. You know, like this potential form of you might be gone. But, I mean, Wanda clearly has the power to bring whatever version of Vision back she wants at any given time. So when you when you threaten to really tug at our heartstrings as the consumer, right, it's important to, from an artistic standpoint to me, to see that through. What they did is they gave themselves an out. So if you're going to tell us that you're going to kill off Vision, or if you, we're going to have this expectation of killing off Vision, but then you really don't, it's like, well, this, this emotional, what was the point of WandaVision? Just, you know, like, I, while I enjoyed the show, it really was just a bridge. It was just a bridge into the multiverse of madness. It was just a bridge into Spider-Man 3. It was just a bridge into this Marvel Phase 4 but it really didn't serve a purpose other than to kind of flesh out Elizabeth Olsen and her character and who she is going to become moving forward. So if you take it and enjoy it for the microcosm that it was, it was fine. But if you kind of had this idea that there was going to be some explanation, not, uh, some, some type of definitive ending, then I'm sure you walked away from that uh, finale uh, a little more than disappointed. You probably walked away from that finale uh, frustrated. <laughs> And it's okay. I get it, you know, especially for fans who may have just started watching that and have jumped in. Like you and I talked about a few episodes prior to people that are being watching it because of the fact that it's on Disney Plus and being able to just their jumping in points of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They could be very frustrating in that regard. But for us that know that there's a bigger story to be told, um, while it might be a little annoying that we've waited nine weeks to get to this point where we still really don't have any definitive answers... I think Marvel has done enough legwork and done enough great work in the last 11, 12 years that we can say, okay, well, you know, we're, we're riding with you, but that wasn't okay. Like, like I still trust you. I still trust you. I'm still going to go, I'm still going to sit passenger side with you, but that, that, that wasn't, that wasn't cool. So we take the good with the bad. It was great. No. Was it terrible? No. I probably, if I had to give it a number out of 10, it'd probably be about a seven. That's exactly what I was going to ask you next. So. Yeah, yeah, it'd be about a 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10 for sure. All right, well, one last question I ask you, my friend, because, again, you're going to be part of our coverage going forward as Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Loki and oh, yeah. all that. I know you, I'm going to get these DMs, so I'm just going to include you into all this as far <laughs> as you Because even if I don't say it, I'm going to get these DMs from you. Say, Gerald, I got to talk Loki. <laughs> I got to talk about the what if. I got to talk about Hawkeye coming down the road. I do, man. What can I say? What can I say? I just enjoy being a part of the pop culture cosmos, Gerald. Well, we enjoy having you here, my friend. But before we head on out, I wanted to ask you this. Your thoughts on where we stand now with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Are you still as excited for the MCU after WandaVision? I am, but for different reasons than maybe other people are. So some of my favorite 
Marvel characters are obviously some of the mainstays that we've had in the first three phases of MCU. So Captain America, Black Panther. I wasn't such a huge Iron Man fan. And I think that Robert Downey Jr.'s portrayal of Tony Stark, Iron Man, has really catapulted his status to me. Um, as far as him being going from a B-list superhero to a top-tier A-list superhero. But I'm excited because I'm curious to see where we go from here. Obviously, we're still, I'm, I'm excited to see the next Blade film. I'm excited to see how they incorporate the mutants into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, we thought we had the answers with the multiverse here in WandaVision. And sure enough, Kevin Feige said, ah, ah, no, I'm in control. I'm the, I'm the puppeteer. I'm pulling the strings. You guys are just here for the ride. So I'm excited to just kind of see where we go from here. So, yes, I'm excited. I'm excited to see how this all continues to move forward. I'm excited to see how we hold on to some of these characters that, quote unquote, didn't really die in Endgame. And some of the characters who did die in Endgame. I can't wait to see the Black Widow film whenever they release it, however they release it. I'll be excited to see that. Excited to see where that places Black Widow in regards to moving forward in the MCU. There's just so much more potential now, you know, now that it's got the Fox deal done and now that it's it's set in stone, you know, there's the the sky's really the limit to introduce the Fantastic Four, Doctor Doom, the mutants. I'm really looking forward to that. So yes, I'm still just as excited. They've earned my admiration, they've earned my trust in saying, you know, they've got a great method for telling stories overall. You know, so yes, I'm still excited to see what happens in phase four and beyond. Very much so. Well, we'll see what happens going forward in a couple weeks as Falcon and the Winter Soldier hits Disney+. Plus. We're going to be covering it all for you. TJ, you're welcome to come back anytime to talk that. Loki and so much more as the Marvel Cinematic Universe keeps on getting extended in not all the ways we always expected, but still it gets extended nonetheless. But TJ, I thank you so much for everything you've contributed over the course of WandaVision. And I look forward to you whatever your thoughts are on the MCU, and of course, anything in pop culture, right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library, and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis. We continue our thoughts on WandaVision right here for you at the Pop Culture Cosmos. But Knowing and Fine is here from Hunnequeen and the Hunnick Outcast. You got to go ahead and check them out on Facebook at Hunnequeen and Hunnick Outcast. And Noah, want to hear your thoughts on the final episode of the season and maybe the series as a whole for WandaVision. Well, I think it's going to end the series for her watching old sitcoms. We may see another mini series because I don't think they're going to do like these 10 minute videos that they did on DVD before. So they're doing a different way to give the characters enough time to breathe. What's going on with them? Or you have like these nine episode, 30 to 45 minute episode spots. That's not terrible. As for Vision and White Vision, well, how else are you going to bring Vision back? Which made the most sense that Hex Vision gave his memories to White Vision. So he pretty much just transferred everything. Like, a, you know, like a flash drive. As for Agatha Harkness, her origin is a little bit different in the comics, what happens to her in the comics. 
Okie dokie artichoke, what happens with her. As for... Because you know she's coming back. Yeah, I mean, nobody really dies in comics anyway. And apparently because... I'm just going to say this, that her performance reminds a lot of people and reminds me a lot of what happened with Loki, where you only thought of Loki as far as one picture, but his performance was so good, they've expanded his role. And now, I don't think you would have told Kevin Feige back in 2011 when Thor came around that, hey, by the way, Loki's going to become a major part of the MCU. There's a possibility that, that Agnes Harkness could as well. Well, yeah, I mean, Loki's getting his own series, and yeah. it's already been greenlit, I think, for two seasons. Yeah. So, yep. that, And Catherine that, Hahn has done such a great job. You could see that possibly for her as well. Oh, yeah, I, I'm sure she's going to find a way either in Far From Home, in an end credit scene, or in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. So we haven't seen the last of Agnes, and, and, and you can kind of tell because the way that she gave her lines and everything, it, it, she was under the mind control where you can see that she was forced – like her mask was trying to break through, that she was really pissed off what was happening, that she became Agnes. As for the town, though, no, I didn't think there was going to be closure. They're too traumatized and stressed about what happened. So whatever Wanda did or didn't do, they're not going to forgive her right away. And they probably will never forgive her, which is understandable. As for Sword or that agent, whatever his name was, he's kind of like the Walter Peck of the MCU. So I don't really see he's going to be coming back anytime soon. As for Monica Rambeau, they're not done with Monica Rambeau yet, which is fine because I like this actor. As for... Tiana Paris did a great job during the series. I look forward to seeing more of her as well. Again, I am looking forward to seeing what she's going to be talking about with Nick Fury up on the S.W.O.R.D. space station. And then, of course, Captain Marvel, too. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed that Nick Fury didn't make an appearance I think a lot of people are thinking the same with you as far as the leader of S.W.O.R.D., Tyler Hayward, was just basically a, a you know a typical bad guy role that you see it mm-hmm. as far as the, whatever. He was Walter Peck, yeah. A lot of loose threads that still didn't get tied up. But overall on the series, I want to hear your grade. I know you're very high in the series. And so far, we've heard from Josh, who gave it an 8. Marcus, who gave it a nine, and me, who gave it a seven. So where do you fall in line as far as the score is concerned? I'm giving this one an eight. It's a B series, which is not bad. No. Now with this Marvel television universe on Disney+, Plus, you're getting characters more time to breathe and not going back to comics and other theories from other universes, so that helps out a bigger deal. But the overarching thought of what's going to happen in the future you do see a future for vision you do see a future for wanda and the mcu and ultimately that's what's most important and of course the book because i do know it's their version of the Necronomicon. yeah the dark hold yeah the dark hold yeah so again that's where dr strange will come in now whether or not wanda will fulfill her destiny and become a villain because she was in the comics and we do know in house of m that's where it's pretty much going that's going to be one six half dozen if it happens in this universe. We still don't know what's going to happen with Wanda. And she may turn on Vision anyway, and that may be even more heartbreaking. We don't know what they're going to do in the MCU or the MTU. But for now, it's a nice little diving board of how Marvel should do their TV series. This is how you should do it, and it's being done rather well. And I can't wait for Falcon, and I can't wait for Loki, as I said 200 billion times. And I'm sure they're going to find other series for other characters, too. 
My friend, it's been great talking to you, but you already hinted at what I was going to ask you with my last question. And that is, are you as excited, more excited, or not as excited about what's going on with the MCU? And I can tell by the smile on your face that I think it's more excited about the MCU than ever after the events of WandaVision. Yeah, I thought I was done with it and they just pulled me right back in. But you know what? When it came to Civil War, Bucky and Falcon had chemistry in Civil War. And I was kind of disappointed that they were going to be the background and so many people have been complaining about these actors and characters. But I think when they're together, they work off well. So I'm glad they were either going to get another movie or this TV series. And I think it's going to work a lot better as a TV series. It feels very 80s. It almost feels like an... I, I would love to see an A-team with the Marvel Cinematic Universe in a way. But I think these two are going to work out. It's going to be like a Jake and the Fat Man or Cagney and Lacey or whatever. I don't know why, because I grew up watching those series. It's going to be a buddy comedy for sure. They're going to yeah, it's going to, and it's going to work. Yeah, I like these actors and I enjoy these characters. So yes, I was stoked. I'm glad that even with COVID and everything, we're still getting it this year. Loki, I'm salivating over because I'm so glad that Tom Holland, every time I keep thinking he's dead and never coming back. Hiddleston, what am I? Tom Holland. Why am I thinking of Tom? Oh, yeah, Spider-Man. I can't get him off my mind either. Yeah, Tom Hiddleston, by the way, as Loki, I thought that every time he died, this time he definitely was not coming. And then we saw what happened in Endgame. And again, since they are pushing those seasons, I am really happy. And I'm kind of curious. It may be the MC's version of what Fox and Netflix did with Lucifer. I don't know. But I am ecstatic to see what they're going to do with him going solo now. And yeah, he, he can't really keep, you know, taking off Asgard because it's gone. And that's fine because we know that sometimes it's over Oklahoma. And that's okay, too. I'm not even going to go there. But I am really curious to see what he's going to do. It's kind of like those Joker comics that came out in the 70s. I'm really curious. And, and I guess as for if Black Widow does come out this year, which they said it might, I'll pay the $30 on Disney Plus to see it. I think we all will. I so Well, we're finding out if that's going to be the case with Ryan the Last Dragon. And we we'll, could find that out in May or maybe later if that happens for Black Widow. Yeah. But I will say this much, WandaVision, hashtag take that Wonder Woman 84. And might I add that I think that these actors, and by these actors, Paul Bettany, Catherine Hahn, Elizabeth Olsen, I don't know if you saw that segment on the Jimmy Fallon show where she was being interviewed by Jimmy. They were going through different decades from the 50s. I'm telling you, these three actors definitely need a Emmy nomination, so does this series. If they gave it to to Mandalorian, they definitely need to give it to WandaVision. I think Elizabeth Olsen, Han, and Bethany definitely deserve something for what they did for their performances, not just another paycheck. Bravo. I want more. It is Noe and Fine. You got to check him out on Facebook and be part of one of his amazing groups, the Hunnic Queen or the Hunnic Outcasts. Be part of those groups today on Facebook. Well, my friend, it's been great talking about WandaVision. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts on Falcon and Winter Soldier and more coming up in the MCU, plus Justice League and so much more pop culture. You're always a great part of the show and a great part of the pop culture cosmos. 
You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? And last but certainly not least, coming up on today's program to share her thoughts on WandaVision Episode 9 is the pop culture expert in the Glassford household. It is my daughter, Eloin Glassford. And Eloin, you and I have watched the entire nine-episode arc and as we've discussed, and as people have heard already throughout the entire episode, they've heard all the details, they've heard all the spoilers, they've heard all our complaints, and they've heard all of our praise for the WandaVision series. But I want to hear your take because you've been so gracious with your time week after week after week. I want to hear your final thoughts on episode nine before we head on to another part of the MCU. I think the finale of WandaVision did a good job giving us an end to the story they were telling. Being honest, I was slightly disappointed that we didn't get the big reveals that we were all hoping for, I think, as fans. But when you take a step back and realize that they were telling the story of Wanda and her grief and her love for Vision, they really did a nice job of ending that story and giving closure to the whole arc, which I think is really what was most important about the finale. And it did sit around WandaVision. Of course, they had to go ahead and make sure everything was laid out for those two going forward that hopefully they will, meaning Wanda, Maximoff, a.k.a. the Scarlet Witch, and Vision have a future going forward in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They did find an out with White Vision getting the memories and getting the thoughts of the Hex Vision. And now he has knowledge of exactly who he is and where he came from. Plus, you see Wanda Maximoff now studying the Darkhold. Now she's perusing through the dark magic of the Darkhold as we speak. So it's setting itself up for her involvement into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. If you were to give the series a full grade, I mean, we've heard already Josh's thoughts, and he gave it a eight. Noe and Fine gave it a nine. TJ Johnson gave it a seven. And Marcus De La Garza gave it a nine. And I gave it a seven. So it's in that seven, eight, nine range. Where do you stand as far as your overall grade for WandaVision? I'll say eight. I have to remove a couple of points because of some big things like for example the whole engineer storyline that we were kind of all wondering about that went nowhere and also Paul Bettany trolling with us saying that there was a huge cameo and it was just himself so and then Evan Peters which you were so high on Evan Peters whole reveal with this character I am not in love with so i really just don't like how they did that whole thing with evan peters but i have to remove a couple points for those but overall the series was really good it was written very well and i think it's one of the best shows story-wise that's been on tv in a bit well there you have it indeed it is my daughter Ellen glassford I'm sure you're going to go ahead and catch her on upcoming shows talking about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki, and so much more. Are you more excited, less excited, or as excited for what's to come in the Marvel Cinematic Universe based upon what you watched in WandaVision? 
I'm actually more excited. I'm so excited for the future of the Marvel Universe. We've got so much good stuff coming and WandaVision was a really cool way to start off phase four and after not having Marvel for a year it was really nice to have Marvel back and for us to all be able to enjoy it and talk about it again. Absolutely and I look forward to watching more Marvel both on TV and on film the movies, the shows, the whole nine yards. And I hope to speak to you more in the coming weeks about all the things that are going on with Marvel and the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the Marvel Television Universe, whatever part of that Marvel Universe it may be. It is my daughter, Ellen Glassford. Ellen, I thank you so much for talking about this. Any last thoughts on WandaVision before we head on out? I hope everyone enjoyed it. And I hope that we can realize the good of WandaVision and the beautiful story that they told. It was sort of tragic, but I hope we can kind of move past some of those plot holes and our high expectations and that we can just remember this as a really good series that we all enjoyed and got to talk about as a Marvel fandom together. Once again, it is my daughter, Ellen Glassford. You can catch her in upcoming episodes of the Pop Culture Cosmos and uh, talking about all the great things that are coming up in the not-too-distant future in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, Ellen, it's been great having you on again. I truly appreciate your thoughts of WandaVision as we went ahead and talked about all the great episodes the past few weeks. And I cannot thank you enough for not only being on these past shows, but also looking ahead, being on future episodes right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmos show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmos Show. And the PCC Multiverse, every week on Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. And we're back at the Pop Culture Cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford along with Josh Peterson. Want to thank so much TJ Johnson, Noe and Fine, Elwin Glassford, and Marcus De La Garza. Check us out, Marcus and I, coming up on Friday to talk all the latest and greatest news and trends in pop culture coming up on this Friday's PCC Multiverse. But before we head on out, my friend, it's been a great episode, and I cannot thank you enough, as always, for joining. But any last thoughts on WandaVision before we head on out? Yeah, so, I mean, like I said, it was was a nice return to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The first few episodes started out a bit rocky, though they were enjoyable. The switch from sitcom to, you know, what's actually going on in the world of Marvel was a little bumpy. And then, you know, there's a lot of things that were explained and then not explained. So... My hope is that they're going to tie up loose ends as these next few series go on and 
if not, I feel good for having known this piece of television viewing. And if this is like the standard set for the Marvel series coming out on Disney Plus, I think that they're in a good place. The excitement level for the Marvel Cinematic Universe is obviously there. People were just so entranced as far as each and every episode. And on episode seven and nine, broke Disney Plus upon its debut on that streaming platform. So a lot of people were excited to see how WandaVision ended up. And I know a lot of people are excited for what's to come in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great 